Hello and welcome into another episode of Lockdown Wolves. This is the post-game podcast. Minnesota Timberwolves were embarrassed by the New York Knicks on Monday night. Is this already in Game 11, rock bottom for the Wolves? What what happened on Monday? Uh, I'll try and explain the, the worst of the worst, I guess. And, and where do the Wolves go from here? What needs to change? All that on the show here today. Welcome in. You are Lockdown Wolves. You are Locked On Timberwolves. Your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. Today's episode is brought to you by Sweatblock. If you or someone you love is experiencing an embarrassing sweat or odor, try Sweatblock. Save 20% with promo code Locked On at sweatblock.com, also available on Amazon. Happy Tuesday, everybody. This is not a victory Tuesday. It is, in fact, a uh, about as bad of a Tuesday as it could be following a Monday night game. This is the post-game podcast. We're going to get into the nitty-gritty of a horrendous performance against the Knicks on Monday by the Wolves here in just a moment. First of all, a big thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. We also, by the way, do the live post-game podcast on YouTube, live on Locked On Sports Minnesota on their channel. Um, and that's with Marty Gellner from Valley Sports North. So go check that out. And then whatever audio feed you're listening on, the uh, the episode before this one you're listening to now was the live postcast, which was a more of a rapid reaction, getting Marnie's thoughts on the game, a much quick, uh, more of a quick hitter than today's uh, postgame pod, which would be a bit more in depth. Um, you can also watch all the Lockdown Sports Minnesota podcasts on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app, and that's on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. You can get it there. You can also follow this show on Twitter at Lockdown T Wolves and my account, which is at BBKid. That's with two B's, two E's, C K E N. All right. So typically in the post game podcast, we do biggest takeaway first. I do some additional takeaways, a little more in the weeds, sort of. Uh, analysis in the second segment. We do individual studs and duds last. This is going to be maybe formatted. Like I'll, I'll be frank with this right off the top. This is going to be formatted a little bit more loosely today because um, I, like, I don't know, like what's the, what's the tangible takeaway besides the effort level. Right. And Marnie and I talked about this on the post game podcast. Um, what else do you say? This team's not playing hard and that's number one. Like, I think I think that the the kind of sub point to this is the complete lack of ability to play through any adversity. Like, yeah, defensive efforts an issue, offensive ball movements an issue, player movements an issue. Guys just standing around and doing nothing on offense. We talked about those things really ad nauseum at this point already through just you know before this one, just the first ten games, but. This game to me, if you're going to take one thing out of it, and and I thought about this a little bit more after Marnie and I talked, and so I'm going to I'm going to play this out much further than I did on the post game, uh, the the postcast. The, you could point to some moments in this game against the Knicks that were clear moments of adversity that just simply were not responded to favorably. The first one, and this one Marnie and I did talk about. The Wolves came into this game. The Knicks scored the most points in the paint per game coming into this game. They were 25th in three-point percentage. And the Wolves had a clear goal to stop the Knicks from scoring in the paint, which was a smart thing. Like, obviously, right? I mean, that's the coaching staff was correct with that assessment. 
The Knicks came out. They hit a couple of, uh, had some good fortune, made some tough threes early. The Wolves felt, you know, the Wolves got up five, nothing. The Knicks missed their first few shots. And then all of a sudden it was like a barrage of threes. It was like, I think it was like 12 to seven, you know, five, nothing Wolves. And it was 12, seven Knicks. And then the Knicks just kind of kept hitting threes. And then like all of a sudden, like I actually made a note, like two possessions into the game, man, the Wolves are flying around defensively. Like they were. They were blitzing pick and roll. They were playing that high wall coverage that they played so well for much of last season, the first part of last year, with, of course, Jared Vanderbilt and Carl Anthony Towns being the two, you know, for the most part, the bigs in pick and roll action, playing up on the perimeter, making life miserable for ball handlers, uh, you know, obstructing passing lanes with their wingspans and just being aggressive. That was happening in the first few possessions. The Knicks made a few threes, and suddenly it looked like the game plan wasn't working. And the Wolves just kind of threw up their hands and said, all right, I guess that's it. And it was a double-digit game. 38-29 at the end of the first quarter, nine points, nine-point deficit at the end of the first. And then it was early in the second when the next point of adversity hit. The Wolves got a steal, Kyle Anderson, and there was another, it might have been Ant, there were two Wolves players ahead of the pack. And I forget who the guard was on the Knicks, grabbed Anderson kind of by the waist right at the timeline, right at midcourt. Anderson was about to corral the ball. It was going to be an easy basket in transition. Didn't have possession, so it wouldn't be a clear path foul. What Chris Finch was upset about in the moment was that it wasn't considered a take foul because you don't, I, I mean, the, this was cleared up later when one of the officials cleared up to the to the Wolves broadcasters on Bally Sports North that apparently you also need to have possession. Your team has to have possession of the ball for it to be a take foul. It doesn't have to be you, the player. It has to be the team. In that moment, it looked like the Wolves got the short end of the stick because they got the possession, but it was a side out of bounds and uh, they didn't score. Um, on that very next, the ensuing possession, offensive possession, Ant thought he was fouled going to the rim, didn't get the call, got upset and grabbed a Knicks player by the arm as they were running by and got called for a take foul. Finch lost his mind, understandably so, given the circumstance somewhat. And... The take foul meant they got two free throws in the ball plus the technical. So the Knicks got three free throws and the ball. The Wolves got no free throws out of the entire sequence. And I mean, that put the Wolves down, I think at the time, maybe 12 or 13, like that, it had just gotten to double digits and it got pushed further. I think maybe it was nine before the sequence got to 12 or 13. And that was kind of it. That was the second bout of adversity and the Wolves did not handle it well. Um, I think getting punched in the mouth by the Knicks making threes, taking and making threes, which like, hey, they're not wrong. I mean, like the coaching staff, no doubt, was sitting there going, come on, Julius Reynolds, a 24% three-point shooter this season. He made five threes in the first quarter. No way. Well, that doesn't make sense. Our scouting report wasn't wrong. He finished the game at eight of 13. RJ Barrett, 27%, 27.5% coming into the game. He made three threes in this game, three of seven shooting from deep. The Knicks as a team, the number ended up only being, you know, it was, I mean, still much better than the Wolves, but just a shade under 40% for the game. But uh, this is a team that was 33% of the season, 25th in the league. And the number was actually much better than that until late. The whole first half, uh, the Knicks shot the ball much better from three. So it was really, it was dealing with adversity in a couple different points of that first half. And the Wolves just kind of said, okay, we're done putting it, we're done giving resistance. We're not going to resist anymore. 
I, I tweeted something to the effect of this was, I think, mid-second quarter. It was like the Wolves were just kind of standing there on both ends of the floor, just watching the Knicks run back and forth. It was like whichever two players weren't involved in turning the ball over on offense for the Wolves, the other three were watching. And defensively, all five were just kind of watching. The Knicks, you know, five players running back and forth, and the Wolves were just kind of like, kind of free throw to free throw line, free throw line to free throw line, uh, top of the arc to top of the arc, just kind of back and forth, not really running baseline to baseline. Just kind of standing there watching the Knicks have what was effectively a five-on-zero practice back and forth. Um, It's just a, a complete lack of ability to deal with adversity in the first half. Um, There were some X's and O's reasons why things didn't go well. And also some individual player issues. I do want to get to that next. So we're going to do that here in a moment. First, let's talk about our title sponsors of today's show. And that is, of course, our friends over at Sweatblock. Have you ever had a moment where you were embarrassed by excessive sweat or odor? I mean, who hasn't at some point in time? I, I know for me at work sometimes, like even if you're cold, have you ever had that moment where like you're in the office or conference room or whatever and you feel like you're cold and you you kind of like you're keeping to yourself because you're cold. You feel like you're not really sweating. So your arms are kind of in and then like you get up out of a meeting or whatever you walk out and it's like, oh, I've got a, now. Now I have a sweat problem, even though I don't feel like I'm sweaty. Like I've had my arms tucked in, you know, my shirt's all sweaty. Um, I mean, who hasn't had that moment in school, in uh, in a work situation, whatever? Um, but you could fix that problem with sweat blocks. Sweat block wipes are your little secret to confidence. The sweat block wipes work for up to seven days per use. Just apply them on a Sunday, and you'll stay dry all week. If you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor. Try Sweatblock. Save 20% with our promo code locked on at sweatblock.com. Again, sweatblock.com and use our promo code locked on to get 20% off. You can also find Sweatblock available on Amazon. Thanks again for making Locked On Wolves your first listen today. Now for your second listen, go check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights that only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on this app you're listening to now, plus YouTube, and wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Okay. So besides the lack of effort, besides, you know, and, and, and part of that conversation is the crazy Knicks three-point shooting early in the game. Um, there were some other issues for the Wolves. We'll start with Anthony Edwards. And I mean, like, hey, this is kind of an extension of the first conversation, dealing with adversity, effort. You know, there's the clips going around, making the rounds on social media of Ant just kind of standing there for possessions at a time in the game the other day. Um, Ant's always kind of had that as as a, a knock on him. Um, going back to his time at University of Georgia. I mean, that was like, go back and listen to my podcast on Lockdown Wolves in the summer of 2020. I was a little worried about like that Andrew Wiggins like quality as a prospect of like, hey, he doesn't give it all all the time and sometimes looks completely disinterested. And I was wrong, or at least so I thought. Like we've seen that a little bit over the first two years of Ant's career where occasionally he'll take a couple plays off. It's not great. He'll have a couple consecutive bad games. Then he drops 30, you know, two, three games in a row and everybody feels great. But we've seen that now the majority of the 11 games the Wolves have played this season. And and there's been some illness. There's been, you know, weird stuff around the team. But like 
the effort level has absolutely waned more often than not this season for Ant. And that's a real problem for a, what is he, 21-year-old in his third season, 11th game of the season. Um, He was one of five in the first half of this game, zero of four on threes. So he shot one two-pointer in the first half of this game and came on a little bit in the second half, but like this wasn't, this was not a good ant game. Yes, he had nine rebounds. The rebound numbers are up a little bit this year. That's great. But he was one of seven on threes for the game as a whole, four of seven inside the arc, got to the line six total times, which was tied for the team lead with Cat in terms of free throw attempts. Uh, but the effort level was not there early. Defensively, again, not any better than it was than we've seen it lately. I mean, he started the game guarding Jalen Brunson and lost that assignment to D'Angelo Russell in the second half, which tells you all you need to know about Ant's effort defensively in the first half. I, like, he, it's just got to be better. I Like, I don't know what else to say. I mean, we know he could do it. Came into the season calling Ant the Wolves' best perimeter defender, and that's not wrong if you look at what he did last year. Zach Lowe at ESPN was saying, he was saying Ant could make the all-defensive team this season. He eventually kind of backed off on his podcast and said like in the next couple of years, but he said it wouldn't surprise him if that was something that happened sooner rather than later. Ant was that good on the ball last season, and we've seen flashes of that this year, but it hasn't been consistent, and he hasn't been good off the ball offensively. He's still backing into isolation, um, backing the ball into isolation opportunities way too often. I mean, I, I like how many times in this game did we see that in the first half to to you know, negative results for the Wolves. Also, another issue, offensively, the Wolves, they committed, uh, uh, shoot, how many first half turnovers did they have? It was like 12 or something crazy. It doesn't really matter. The stat that matters is that the Knicks had 25 points off of Timberwolves turnovers in the first half. For the game, they had 29. In the first half alone, the Wolves gave up 25 points off of turnovers to the Knicks, which means these were almost all live ball turnovers. They were sloppy turnovers in the middle of the floor. Um, there were, you know, like, I don't know. I mean, the there was the the dead ball one where D'Lo threw the ball out of bounds like 12 feet beyond whoever was in the corner. He had a bad behind the back pass that led to a dunk the other way that was a live ball turnover. There were a couple of miscommunications on the perimeter between Ant and Cat. Uh, between D'Lo and Cat, like you name it, it happened. To compound things, we talked about the three-point differential on the show a little bit on Monday. Like, hey, the Wolves aren't making enough threes and they're giving up too many threes. Well, if you don't generate turnovers and don't score in those transition opportunities and you give up 25 points off turnovers on these live ball miscues, you're now down 25 nothing in points off turnovers, which is essentially fast break points at that point. That's a massive hole to dig out of. We talked about this at length the other day on the show. The easiest points you're ever going to get are transition buckets. And whether that's open made trailing threes or you get guys in the corner in the fast break or you're getting dunks, layups, getting to the free throw line, the Wolves are not doing that. And if you don't get the easy buckets and you're giving up the easy buckets, that's simple math. You're going to lose the game. And that's how, that's partly why, a huge reason why they got down so quickly and were down 20, what did we say, 24 points at halftime, I think. Um, eventually, the Wolves got down 27 early in the third quarter. I think actually right away in the third quarter, the Knicks got a three-point play like on their first possession. They cut it down to 13 early in the fourth, but 
The Knicks, I think, hit a three, got to the line pretty quickly, and it was all of a sudden 19 points again. Uh, the 13 points, like and Marty and I talked about this on the on the postcast, like it it never really felt like the Wolves were eating into the lead, like they were trying, but it was almost like they were weirdly going through the motions as they were cutting into the lead, like, hey, we know this is what we're supposed to do. We think we can make it interesting, but we won't really win this game. That's what it felt like. And, and maybe that's not fair, but that's what it felt like watching this game. That even in the midst of their comeback, quote unquote, quote, comeback, it didn't feel like it was really real. And, and that's just kind of the, the the best way to summarize this game. A lot of what we've seen from the Wolves so far this year. And, and hey, uh, we, we got time to talk about this on Wednesday. I want to preview the, the matchup, but the Wolves have the Suns again Wednesday. And uh, I don't know, like... They're going to lose by 40 if they play like this against the Suns. Maybe 50. I don't know. That's entirely possible. That's on the table. And then Friday, you know, they go on the road. They play at Memphis. Got a bunch of road games coming up. And they can't They can't play like this. All right. We're still going to do individual studs and duds because like we got we haven't talked about Carl Towns. He actually played a pretty good game. I want to talk about him. I want to talk about some of the guys individually who really struggled in this game. Um, so we're going to do that here next to close the show. First, though, let's talk about our friends our fantastic friends, our longtime friends over at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. Mid-football season for the NFL and uh, what, two-thirds of the way, three-quarters of the way through the college season. Um, and of course, pr- I mean, like Monday would have been perfect to be on BetOnline. If you weren't, you missed out. Uh, with the NBA tipping every 15 minutes, a game every 15 minutes was a great night to be uh, to be busy on Bet Online. If you love sports podcasts, you can also find those at Bet Online as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix over at Bet Online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, let's close this one out with individual studs and duds. The the best player on the floor for the Wolves, and this was not particularly close, was Carl Anthony Towns. He actually played a strong game, really all the way around. Like this wasn't empty stats, fourth quarter garbage time. This was a good game. First quarter, he was good. Uh, a lot of the issues defensively were not, certainly not isolated to him. And I don't even think Cat played that poorly defensively. He had 25 points on nine of 12 shooting, ultra efficient. Uh, six of six at the line. He only attempted three three pointers. One of three outside the arc. He had uh, twenty five points. Like I said, thirteen rebounds, seven assists, a couple of steals, and a block. Three turnovers, which isn't a big deal when you have the seven assists and shoot nine of twelve. He only attempted the three threes, which was I don't know. Three guys in the world shot more threes than him, and four others shot three as well. I mean, there's no excuse for D'Angelo Russell to shoot ten threes and Carl Anthony Towns to shoot three. One of those guys is a career 36% three-point shooter, and it's not Cat. So I don't care how it happens. Carlton Towns has to shoot more than three threes per game. The guy won the three-point contest last year, is 40% plus for his career, um, or I guess he's right around 40. He was 41% last season. And I mean, that volume, it just has to come up. Uh, but he was good. Like, I, I thought he played well. It's the seven assists again. Passing the ball extremely well. The three turnovers, he had one real, real bad one late in the game when they were trying to catch up. He like 
tried to whip a pass to Rivers or somebody in traffic, and it was just wasn't a good pass. Uh, but that was the, really the only bad one that I can remember. I thought he played well overall. Um, another stud for me in this game. I don't know, man. There really aren't many. I like defensively, it was so bad too that like even Jalen Noel, who was efficient, really struggled defensively, and I don't think he can be in the stud category for this one. I'll give Austin Rivers one, nine points, two rebounds and an assist, two of five shooting, one of four from three, four, 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 four of four from the line. And this is mostly because he was so competitive and, and like, I, it's sad that we're there, but like, hey, in a game like this, the guys that play hard are the guys who played the best. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, he was one of four from three. That's not great, but like he played hard defensively, got to the line. He was competing late in the game. Um, and he was, he was that guy for Chris Finch. He's going to play Wednesday. He's going to play rotation minutes against the Phoenix Suns. Like Chris Finch won't be able to keep him off the floor. Rivers was a plus 11 in the game, in a game that the Wolves lost by 13 and trailed by as many as 27 plus 11 in 16 minutes, you know, individual game plus minus is noisy. It's not great a lot of the time, but this was real. Rivers competed defensively, played hard. He's a big body guard. Um, and uh, he's going to play more for this team. If Finch is searching, like Austin Rivers could be the answer to to at least finding somebody to give them that edge or help them get that edge back, um, and uh, you know help this team to to compete, just to compete. That's it. There's only two studs. Um, I had half of mine, by the way. Like this is kind of counterintuitive. Uh, like I'll just admit this, and I'm not. This isn't a stud, but I'll tell you what I so that I consider Jade McDaniels, he fouled out in just 17 minutes. And uh, that's an issue, like a huge issue that he can't stay on the floor. He also missed his only two three-point attempts. But the guy played hard. And and I'm not arguing that fouls are a good, that are a good thing. It's not a, a good stat. But he's the only player in the Timberwolves starting lineup that committed more than one personal foul. Carlton Towns played 38 minutes committed one foul. Anthony Edwards played 38 minutes, committed one foul. D'Angelo Russell played 31 minutes, committed one foul. Kyle Anderson played 25 minutes, committed one foul. I'm not saying those guys, none of them were playing hard ever, and McDaniels was the whole time, but like, there's something to that. I mean, Jaden McDaniels at least is sticking his nose in there defensively. There were a couple bad defensive plays. Um, like, there was one in particular that stuck out to me that I, I re-watched several times immediately, where I forget who the player was. I think this was early third quarter. Someone on the Knicks got into the, it must have been Brunson, got into the paint and sucked in like four defenders. McDaniels was guarding the player in the corner. Uh, I think it might've been Barrett. And he got sucked into no man's land. He didn't get in close enough to actually contest a potential layup. Like Brunson could have made the layup. There were like three wolves that were like not close enough to actually impact the shot but also too far to actually defend their guys. They were all in no man's land, but McDaniels was the most obvious one because he was coming from the corner to the opposite side of the paint and left his man wide open and couldn't recover in time to contest the shot. He was doing nothing. Instead of guarding two, he was guarding nobody. He was in no man's land. Um, and I'm singling out McDaniels because I remember that one play. He, that wasn't the only play that was like that. The Wolves are really struggling to understand, to have that feel to know where to be on the floor and in, in in the you know to be in the right spot in the right moment, and that was a major problem for 
in that moment for McDaniels, but for the Wolves as a whole in giving up 19 made threes to the 25th best three-point shooting team in the NBA. Duds for me, the biggest culprits, Anthony Edwards, uh, 16 and nine. That sounds nice until you see he shot five of 14, one of seven from three, committed three turnovers, had only one assist and was horrible defensively. I spent a lot of time complaining about Anthony Edwards last segment. I don't need to say anything more about it. Um, I mean, like he he's the one, right? I mean, most of the rest of the roster didn't play all that well. It's the reason there's only two studs in this game. The shooting numbers don't look bad. The Wolves still scored 107 points, but the problem was that they scored 23 in the second quarter when the Knicks scored 38 and just played catch up the rest of the game. They also shot only 27% for three, actually 26.8, which is a huge problem when the opponent shoots 40%. Um, so even though they were 47% from the floor and they got to the line 24 times, both good things, 11 of 41 from three is not going to cut it when you give up 19 made threes to the opposition. So the offensive numbers don't look bad, but it was a collective team failure defensively. Um, and I mean, I could like almost to a man, they were subpar on defense. So um, yeah, that's it. I mean, two studs, one dud. That's what we're doing. That's all That's all I got for this game. I, like, there's really not much else to say. Um, on Wednesday, I'm going to preview Wolves-Suns. The Wolves just had the Suns last week and played them okay. Um, but we'll preview that on Wednesday. And then later this week, of course, the Grizzlies game. I mentioned the live postcast earlier. Be sure to tune in roughly 45 minutes following all Wolves games on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota channel. Please go subscribe to that if you haven't already. And Marnie Gellner and I, when she's done with the Valley Sports North uh, postgame show, she joins me live on YouTube to discuss the game that's just finished. We'll do that again Wednesday. And then we also post that audio feed to all the Locked on Wolves audio feeds, I guess. So uh, be sure to uh, to check that out after the fact if you can't join us live. A big thank you to those of you that do make Locked on Wolves your first listen each and every day. And of course, you can find this show anywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms and the Locked on Sports Minnesota app, which you can find on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. You can also follow this show on Twitter, at Lockdown T-Wolves and at B-Beacon. And that's with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. Of course, the Lockdown Wolves podcast is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. A reminder that for your sec- second listen, you can check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.